Hi everyone, this is Jordan coming at the top of the episode to let you know that this episode's going to be just a little bit different for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, Jackson wasn't able to record this this week, but we'll be back next week, so no worries there. Second, my audio quality isn't great, <laughs> and that is my own fault. Uh, some poor management of programs on my part. That will be better in the future. <laughs> back to normal, as you're hearing now. Uh, lastly, we are going to try something out a little bit different in the second half of the episode. When we originally decided to start this podcast, we wanted part of the podcast to be talking about what the big news in movies and music and video games and television were, and realistically that just didn't pan out, (laughs) but we decided to go back and give it another shot the second half of this episode. So it'll be a little bit different, not sure how it will affect future episodes, but do hope you enjoy it. Thanks everyone. Now let's get into the episode. This week on the Totally Biased Media Podcast, we talk Mortal Kombat, discuss recent headlines in games and movies, oh my gosh, where's Jackson, and more. Stay tuned for the newest episode of TBM. Jordan walk up and I won't give up on us. And I'm Jason Simmons filling in for Jackson Walkup. Everybody, it's going to be a little bit different of an episode this week. We don't have a Jackson. I mean, he's still like around, but he's not here right now. And that's when we need him most. <laughs> uh, we're going to have a little bit different of an episode this time. It's just Jason and I. We watched Mortal Kombat, and we're going to tell you all about it, starting with the cast. We got Simon McCoy. How does one pronounce the MCQ sound? Jason, do you have a guess at that? I'm going to guess McCod. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that guy's directing it, and it's his first major film, and, you know... Not a bad start, Simon. You know, you keep doing you. Um, but I do want to say uh, my bit where I take whatever each individual cast member's uh, least successful role was and pretend that's the thing they're most popular for was already getting old only seven episodes in. So I'm not going to do that anymore. And instead, I'm just going to tell you who's who. The problem is, with this movie, there are a hundred people in it, and they all have important Mortal Kombat roles. So I'm going with the most popular ten. <laughs> First off, we have Louis Tan as Cole Young, the only original character in this movie. Everyone else is from the games. Uh, we got Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade, Josh Lawson as Kano, Josh Toslam as Sub-Zero, uh, Mekid Brooks as Jax, Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion, Shin Han as Shang Tsung, Ludi Lin as Liu Kang, Max Huang as Kung Lao, and Tadanobu Asano as Raiden, right? Raiden. Raiden. Raiden is from Metal Gear Solid. Raiden. Yeah, Raiden. Now, Jason, what is Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat is basically some combat between mortals. 
But if I had to go into detail to describe it, I would probably call it um, 20 fight scenes connected by some people talking. It's based on a video game. The video game the is same also <laughs> a large number of fight scenes connected by people talking. Now, what is your personal background with Mortal Kombat? Because I'm pretty limited. I've, I think I've played at least five or six of them, just messed around like, you know, with a friend playing here and there, but I've never like really gotten into them. What's, what's your experience? Um, I mean... Pretty much the same. I've never been super into Mortal Kombat. I would play it with friends uh, if I went to an arcade or something like that. Which makes me sound like I'm a little bit older than I am, I guess. But Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more just like I would go to festivals and stuff for video games. And they would always have a Mortal Kombat machine. At least one of the games. And then I think I've played Mortal Kombat, the one from 2011. And I've played a little bit of 10 or X. Mm. But I, I haven't really played too much, honestly. Yeah, and like personally, I don't think I can even tell you which ones I have played. I know that I have played the newest one a very little bit, and then a very little bit of the one before. <laughs> but I think the last one that I actually played a decent amount of was uh, Mortal Kombat versus Justice League, or whatever that game was. <laughs> and uh, that wasn't great. So... You know, not not my cup of tea traditionally, but I also, like, a big part of that is that uh, fighting games are, like, a foreign language for me. I do not understand how they are played or, like, how people get good at them or anything. So, so what I'm saying is, we're not experts on Mortal Kombat. However, that doesn't mean the fan service was lost on us. Yeah, my experience with Mortal Kombat and fighting games in general can probably best be... Uh, boiled down to every once in a while I'm like I should get into fighting games and then I buy a Mortal Kombat game and then I play it for a few days and give up sometimes I do it with Street Fighter yeah now you know we're not really fans of the Mortal Kombat video game franchise now Jason tell me what you think of the Mortal Kombat movie the Mortal Kombat movie was and I've seen quite a few of them uh the best video game movie i've seen since sonic the hedgehog which wasn't that long ago but if you're taking sonic the, sonic the hedgehog out of the mix it might be the best video game movie ever uh, maybe? sorry second best detective pikachu ah uh, yeah it yeah. is i would definitely say it's probably the third best video game movie <laughs> i've ever seen <laughs> yeah it has some horrible competition but that's not not underselling it it yeah <laughs> It's probably the one that remains the most true to the source material, uh, at least in how the fights go and kind of some of the interactions between characters kind of match up with what I've seen in the limited Mortal Kombat I've played. Uh, They got it all. I mean, they got fatalities. They got that scene where Kano says, Kano wins. (laughs) That was in the trailers. (laughs) Um, they have a scene where someone says flawless victory i don't know it felt really weird yeah what was really weird about that scene in particular is it was someone else's fight and then he just comes in for the last hit and he's like (laughs) flawless victory yeah yeah um so like just to get this out of the way i actually like this movie a lot more than i thought i would um but i i also want to point out uh there is some 
cringy, I guess is the word that people would use today. There are some cringy moments of in this movie. Uh, most of them are big swings at fan service that maybe for big fans were great, but for me just felt odd. Like they felt icky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was there was a fair bit of cringe in the movie. Um yeah, a lot of it's just callbacks to the game, but the problem is that the game, the original game was an arcade fighter, so like it was very over the top and flashy and said a lot of stupid things that you wouldn't necessarily hear in media today. So when they just take that stuff one for one and put it into a modern movie, it just feels really strange. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say something. It's going to disappoint a lot of players out there of the games. Uh, nobody, at least that I can think of, says Toasty in a high-pitched voice. <laughs> so yeah. is it really a Mortal Kombat movie? I don't know. Yeah. Now, what is very Mortal Kombat about this movie is... Uh, the entire cast are playable characters from Mortal Kombat movies. Except for the main character. <laughs> right. And that is such a weird decision. Like, it is, they are putting a lot on this one character who is literally the only non-Mortal Kombat character in the movie. It's just so strange. I, and his whole personal journey just feels kind of, I don't know, boring, not well-developed. Uh, it's also rushed really bad. I did not think I was going to come out of this movie wishing it was longer, but it, it wasn't that it was like so good that I needed more as much as a lot of things just happen really fast and don't get a whole lot of explanation. Yeah, I honestly, I loved it. I love how willing he was to just go along with it. <laughs> yeah. Like. The only supernatural thing he really sees in the very beginning is it suddenly starts snowing and then... Sub-Zero appears and starts throwing ice at people. And just from that one scene, which I admit's weird, he's just completely on board with everything else that anyone ever says to him, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. No questioning. The craziest thing in the movie is something that's hard to talk about because it's kind of spoilery. If you're a fan of the series, you'll see it coming from a mile away. But it's... I don't want to give away exactly what happens. But imagine you're watching a TV show, and in the first 20 or 30 minutes, a character is in just a horrible, horrible accident, like a car crash that the car flips several times and catches on fire and explodes, and you don't see what happens to that character, but then 45 minutes later, that character just shows up and, like, has a cast on, <laughs> like... This movie does something like that. There is a character that is fatally injured, left for dead, and it just is alive later and never, like, they don't address that at all. <laughs> like, it's so weird. And, like, it, it would have only taken, like, two minutes to explain someone came in and rescued them, but they just don't. <laughs> like, it's just really, it's weird. Ugh. I think the only thing that would have made it better is if he walked back completely fine <laughs> and was just like, yeah. hey, how's it going? <laughs> like, literally no no noticeable injury whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. the injuries um, he sustains in the fight, they, they're they just not even there. He's just like, hello, yeah. I am back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, 
Now, I will say one thing that I had uh, low expectations for but was pleasantly surprised by was the CGI of this movie. I think that the effects added to, like, real human actors were pretty good, even if the way they were acted was a bit strange. Um, I think overall it was pretty believable. Now, when you got to characters that were 100% CGI, that was a different story. But a lot of it looked a lot better than I was anticipating. Which, luckily, there's only two complete CGI characters, as far as I can think of. Yeah, a lot more practical effects than I would have expected for this type of movie in this day and age. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose that is a bit of a spoiler. They stuck to the mostly human characters for this movie. uh, Probably because they couldn't get anyone from OutRealm to actually act in the movie. Unfortunately. Uh, I will say, it was incredibly bloody and violent and kind of gory in some scenes Mm -hmm. in particular you know the scenes where they're doing fatalities from the games for the most part uh normally i'm not like super fond of gore and guts and blood in movies but it maintains the ridiculousness of the fatalities from the game in a way that just kind of made it like all right to watch (laughs) it was more um it was so over the top that it kind of stopped being gross in a lot of the scenes, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. Like, I am incredibly squeamish normally. Um, like, for example, the show The Boys was... It was a show I was very, very excited for, but I I just cannot stomach it in reality because, like, it was gore in a way that was meant to be really realistic, and I just I couldn't jive with that, even though, like, narratively I love the series. But this movie takes it to, like an extreme where it stops making sense. And I think that's actually really good for the final product of this movie. I think it was actually a lot more palatable than I was expecting, which is which is cool. Because that was one of my concerns going in, was like, am I even going to be able to get through this movie? And like, yeah, there's a lot of blood, but like, it's actually done like weirdly well. Like better than most movie, like, like slasher horror movies, where that's a much bigger part of it. I mean, I... I, it's not like it's done tastefully or anything. I think that nah, it's saving nah, grace nah, nah. is really just how over the top it is. Like, it's not trying to be realistic. It's more or less trying to copy what's in the games as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, there's one scene where someone performs a fatality. I don't want to get too spoilery with it, but I, it looks almost exactly the same as how it looks in the game. Uh, mm-hmm. For, like, the innards of the person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think what really sums this movie up for me is this is not a smart movie. (laughs) This is not a movie that will make you think about anything or make you, you know, it will not invest you in any of its plot or its characters. But this is a very cool movie. Like, it will get you amped up. Like, it will make you want to punch the next person you see. Yeah. Speaking I, of, Jason, you're coming over tomorrow, right? <laughs> I was planning on it. <laughs> it has a lot of the same issues that I that I had with uh, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm-hmm. But it fixed my major complaint with Godzilla vs. Kong, which was there's not enough fight scenes. Yeah. This movie, the plot and the character interactions is just as hamstrung and garbage. <laughs> But there's enough fight scenes, which is what you're really there for anyways, 
Like, if you're yeah. going to this movie expecting anything other than just a lot of fight scenes, <laughs> then you're wasting your time. Yeah. That's all it really has to offer, in my opinion, at least. Um, I mean, maybe there are some people out there who think a little differently than me, but I, I don't think that there's anything, like... If you reviewed this movie as a movie, you would give it very low scores. I would give it a <laughs> 0 out of 10. This is a garbage movie. But looking at it as a Mortal Kombat movie, and just kind of going in expecting it to be like a Mortal Kombat story mode, <laughs> essentially, yeah. I was pretty pretty happy with it. Yeah. I Like... There was a lot I, as I was watching it that I really didn't like, but just overall the movie was just very. It doesn't take itself seriously. It knows what it is and it leans way into what it does well. And like I don't know, it was cool. Like I, it's not a movie I would watch again for a very long time. And like I'll probably check out a sequel, not because I will care about the plot at all, but like I don't know, it was it was a lot of fun. I I, I liked it. More like way more than I expected, and I think maybe my low expectations going in probably helped it some. But yeah, it was, it was good. It was yeah, good. I I think the best part of the movie was probably the fact that it was free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's only an hour and like forty minutes. Like if you cut the credits off the time, so like you know, it's a movie you can knock out in an evening, even if you have other stuff going on, which is nice because every other action movie lately is uh, six hours long, <laughs> and you know it's. It is what it is, and, like, that's cool in a world where movies are not, like, they have to be something bigger, and this just isn't. It knows it knows it's not. <laughs> yeah, another thing I was honestly pretty impressed by was how much they kind of stuck to the source material. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, they didn't really hesitate to mention there were other realms, or the fact that, you know, the Mortal Kombat tournament was, like, something that regularly happens in that universe. Yeah. I mean, the bad yeah. guy was, uh, I, I don't think it's too spoilery to say it was, it was Shang Tsung. We already mm-hmm. said he was in the movie and it'd be weird if he was a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, they don't really shy away from the fact that he's from Outworld, and most of the bad guys are from Outworld. They're, they're not humans. They still look yeah. human, of course, but <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't just say like, Oh, these are just people from earth that are fighting on another side for some reason. There's a little bit of yeah. that, but I won't get into that too much. Yeah. Um, and and I think this movie was very clearly setting itself up for a sequel because a, a lot of the focus is, of course, this Mortal Kombat tournament's coming up and all of humanity rests in the hands of the outcome of that tournament. But this movie is not that tournament. This movie is basically just like the setup for the next movie which is kind of wild for how notoriously bad video game movies normally are. But I think there's already, like, at least two more planned. So that's that's something something to, to, to keep an eye out for. Maybe this time they'll actually be able to keep the cast for the sequel. I know that was a problem with the 95 movie, was uh, yeah. no, not many people wanted to come back for the sequel. Or I might be thinking yeah. of Street Fighter, actually. <laughs> Well, speaking of the original movie, I could definitely see this movie holding a very similar place in people's, you know, psyche, where a lot of people are just going to not like it because it's just senseless violence and it's nothing of merit, you know, plot-wise. 
But I think people are going to come back to this movie in the future for just how wild the fights are. And I think that's something people still do to this day with the last movie. Um, so knowing they've kind of kept that legacy alive is kind of cool, even though it might be a detriment to the movie in a sense. I've heard several people that claim that the, the 95 Mortal Kombat movie is their favorite video game movie. So it, it definitely wouldn't surprise me if this movie kind of takes that place for some people. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I mean, I don't think there's too much to really say about this movie, so let's check out what some other people have said about it. So, so our first review comes from Angie Han at Film Week, who says, It's very silly, but very self-aware about it, which makes it very enjoyable for what it is. And I think the key words in this review are, <laughs> for what it is. <laughs> I think which, the key uh, words in this review are, very which is used three <laughs> times in one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's it's funny to describe something where people uh, lose limbs and their spines and every part of their body at one point or another as silly. But, like, yeah, that's kind of what's happening here. It's a silly movie, y'all. <laughs> Okay, so this next review comes from Rick Bentley at Tribune News Service, and he says, The prime focus of Mortal Kombat is Mortal Kombat. Nothing more. (laughs) Mortal Kombat with a C. Nothing more, nothing less. (laughs) And I think that... I think the the key words in this review are nothing more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I really appreciate the way that this movie is trying to be like the Mortal Kombat video games from like two minutes in. Like there are major fights happening between different characters pretty much right from the get-go and that continues on the entire time. But what really what really motivated me was this next review. Uh, <laughs> this comes from Michael S, a random Rotten Tomatoes user. And I think he really encapsulates all my feelings about this movie. Uh, he gave it a 1 out of 5 and said, Because they're not following in the video game of Mortal Kombat, and there's no Johnny Cage in the movie, and he should be in the movie, and not Jackson Molina, they should not be in the first movie. And they should be in the second movie, and Cabal should be in first movie either, because he should be in the third movie, and I did not like the reboot movie of Mortal Kombat at all. Thumbs down emoji, thumbs down emoji. It was expletive. <laughs> so, so Jason, what do you think about... Uh... I think, I think really, <laughs> this, he summed it up best uh, in this review. The key words, uh, some might say, is uh, there's no Johnny Cage in the movie. And he should be in the movie. <laughs> and not Jackson Molina. They should not be in first of the movie. And they should be in the second movie. I just I want to read this review again. Just cause I just love it so much. So because they're not following in the video game of Mortal Kombat, and there's no Johnny Cage in the movie, and he should be in the movie, and not Jackson Molina, they should not be in first the movie, and they should be in the second movie, and Cabal should be in first movie either, because he should be in the third movie, and I did not like the reboot of Mortal Kombat at all. <laughs> like, like, he lays it all out for you. 
I think they're trying to complain that the characters in the movie should only be the characters from that number game. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think he was just wanting it to be all the characters from the first game, nothing more, nothing less. And that's not what this is. They're not trying to make this into the first game or anything. No. They had some good uh, Easter eggs of other characters. I was really sad. Uh, my boy, Kenshi, not in the movie. Hmm. Nightwolf, not in the movie. <laughs> uh, let's yeah. see. Jason, not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. The alien, yeah. not in the movie. It's just... There's all these characters from Mortal Kombat 10 that I think would have fit in really well, like Leatherface. <laughs> um, yeah. They just didn't put any of them in. It was weird. Yeah. No Rambo. No Rambo Where in the movie. Where was John Rambo? It, anyways, I think that, you know, we've heard the critics, you've heard our takes, but let's sum it up for you. Jason, give me your final thoughts and your score. Mortal Kombat is... A movie of a video game. So anyways, I give it, uh, it just in terms of pure enjoyment. I can't review this movie as an actual movie. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. There's no yeah. way. It's it's bad as an actual movie. But like yeah. in terms of fun <laughs> and just kind of like fan service to the fans of the game, I mean, I'm going to have to give it like a seven. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, somewhere in the same category, because, like, the writing is bad. There's no real consistent narrative whatsoever. There's some major jumps in character development and in character rationale and motivation. And it's a lot of stuff that just, like, in a different package would have really hurt the movie. But, like, that's not what this is. This is a movie where cool guys with cool powers punch each other a bunch of times. And it does that incredibly well. So... Aside from all its faults, I still actually really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Which, let me remind you, in our review system, still not bad. You know, better than some other things. A lot better than Godzilla vs. Kong. We're aiming for a 7 to be our average. Yeah, yeah. Uh, either Unless we review a lot of really good stuff or a lot of really bad stuff. Well, I think that just about sums up what Mortal Kombat is. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and try something different for you guys. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Alexander Whitmore from All Realm Insurance. In my time as an insurance representative, I've helped hundreds of clients. Just this week, my friend Kenshi was cut in half with a spinning hat. Other insurers would have denied his claim due to willfully entering himself into a deadly fighting tournament, but not us. All Realm was there. We cover all of your possibly fatal accidents, including having your spine removed via your head, being burned alive by the fires of the Nether Realm, or being transformed into a baby. Not sure what that's about. So if you often find yourself dismembered, look no further than All Realm to make sure that getting back on your feet doesn't cost an arm and a leg, or worse. All Realm, the Combatants Company. Hello and welcome to the Two Brothers Podcast, the podcast where two brothers talk about the news. 
I'm Jordan Walkup. And I'm Jason Simmons. And we're here to tell you about the news. Jason, I've got some bad news. Gamers are upset. Oh no. I know. What a unique situation. (laughs) This never happens. Truly, a major injustice must have happened. Can you explain it? (laughs) Well, 420 came and went again. And we all know what that means. The Mother 3 original release date? Yes. Another year with no Mother 3 remaster announcement. Mother 3 has eluded us for too long. And personally, I demand a Mother 3 remake as soon as possible. You know, I've heard a few other people talking about this. Most notably, eh, most notably among them, Terry Crews. That's right. Terry Crews demands a Mother 3 remake. And by that I do mean he tweeted once about how it should be localized. But when you're Terry Crews, just... Kindly asking for something is a demand. <laughs> Last time he kindly asked for something, I'm pretty sure he got a full like computer built for him. But but for real though, uh, fans have been talking about how we are overdue for that Mother 3 localization, and I am totally on board. I have played this game via ROMs, and you know the fans have done some awesome stuff with it. I mean, they have made a full functioning like thorough game that is completely playable today like on your computer but a true honest to god remake for the u.s is long overdue this game is an incredibly good rpg but above all else has an extremely unique art style it's very funny it's very weird there's very little you can compare it to lucas would finally have some representation in the u.s aside from smash brothers (laughs) lucas is my favorite smash brothers character so I mean, he, he's one of the only original Smash Brothers characters. It's just him and Mr. Game & Watch. <laughs> oh, and Roy from Fire Emblem. I just, I think it's overdue. I think the fans are rightfully mad this time, which is something that never happens. I just want Mother 3, and I want to be able to play it on my Switch. It is wild to me that Nintendo hasn't localized the game. I feel like people have been talking about Earthbound being one of the greatest RPGs of all time for... I mean, at least a decade at this point. Yeah. Yep. And Nintendo, they keep teasing us with it. <laughs> yeah. I remember Reggie mentioned it a few times at, uh, like, different events. Mm-hmm. But still, nothing's come of it. I think it's one of those things they're trying to intentionally keep in their back pocket for whatever that right time feels like it should be. It's already finished. They're yeah. just waiting in case like one of their big properties goes under or something. <laughs> yeah. They're just yeah. going to be like, but wait, we have Mother 3. And I'll be honest, it could just be the like Game Boy Advance era fan game that I have played, or like the fan uh, translation I have played, and like I'd pay money for it on the Switch. <laughs> like It is just genuinely a very good game. I mean, I imagine if we get a remake, it's probably going to be... It, it's probably just going to be uh, a re-release on the Switch. Probably yeah. through the Virtual Console. Yeah. yeah. Granted, I think something might be coming from the series. Because uh, Earthbound isn't on the, the English version of right. the Virtual Console. But it is on other countries' version. Or at the very least, the Japanese one. Maybe others, too. Yeah. So, 
Which yeah. is worth mentioning that Nintendo Switches are not region locked. So technically <laughs> you can play Japanese games on yeah. an American Switch. I don't know how you do it, yeah, but I know it's possible. Not familiar with the process, but I feel like if enough fans are doing it, they'll just hurry up and fix it. So Mother 3, we miss you. Come back home. Now, this next headline is one I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around. Toys for Bob, the company that brought us the Crash Bandicoot remasters and one of their own Crash Bandicoot games, they're working on the mega-hit Call of Duty Warzone. And one, how, and two, why. I mean, I guess Activision just loves taking away things that I love. (laughs) Yeah. And they've decided that the award-winning developers of the hit game Madagascar 2005 needs to get their hands on Call of Duty Warzone not only to improve the game, but also to make sure that they don't release another Crash Bandicoot game. Activision does notoriously hate fans. Now, from what I heard, Bobby Kotick is actually taking like some kind of pay reduction this year, and I'm, I'm fairly certain it's just so they could put Toys for Bob onto Call of Duty Warzone without having to spend any additional money. He was just like, we need to make sure there are no more Crash Bandicoot games, no matter what it costs us. Or a sequel to the hit 2005 game Madagascar. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want a sequel to Madagascar, the video game, but that is not the story of any of the Madagascar sequel movies. I want Madagascar 2, the game, but it has nothing to do with Madagascar 2 through... Eight or whatever they're on now. <laughs> we don't want Madagascar 2 the game. We want Madagascar the game too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How much time do you think we put into Madagascar when it came out? I mean, it's it's wild because like I'm sure that we played dozens of hours of that game, but I think we just played the beginning of the game a bunch of times and maybe only beat it like twice. <laughs> I still distinctly remember a decent portion of the uh, the zoo layout at the beginning of the game. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can definitely agree with that. I also yeah. remember there's a mission where you got to lead bees to flowers. <laughs> yeah. And they the bees just keep saying, bring us to the flowers. <laughs> yeah. I, do, I remember that. Why do I remember that? <laughs> Take us uh, to the flowers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. Madagascar was a wild game. Um, if you're a fan of the movie and a fan of uh, early 2000s licensed video games, get on that. Part of the reason we bring this up is because Toys for Bob was originally bought by Activision while they were still working on Madagascar. I like to think that they bought Toys for Bob because they saw that Madagascar was coming out and they were like, we need to get on this. This needs to be an Activision game. <laughs> Whatever they're doing needs to be for us. And now they're just like our most profitable video game of all time. Our most talented developers of all time. We gotta get them together and make Warzone even better. I've never played Call of Duty Warzone. I think I've played every other Battle Royale, but just not this one. So it it could actually be really good. I, I genuinely have no idea. Um, but yeah. I haven't played Warzone 
Abby really recently got me into uh, Modern Warfare. I'll play that with her and her old roommate. <laughs> yeah, Abby Abby just uh, mentioned from the other room, she said she's playing it right now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's just mad, though, because I am better at the game than her. And she has a lot more experience. So. <laughs> well, some relationships just aren't meant to last. Moving on. <laughs> One of my most anticipated games of, well... Honestly, probably just my most anticipated game right now, if I'm being honest. But anyways, I'm talking about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. There's new gameplay officially showing off Rivet, the first female Lombax mentioned in the series. Shows off some new mechanics, some new story ideas, some new worlds and characters, and I am so excited for this game. I, I I have loved every Ratchet and Clank up to this point, and everything I've seen of this one has shown it's going to be no different, but for once, keeping with that formula is exactly what I want. I'm just very, very excited. I don't think he's the first female Lombax in the game. There has been one other male Lombax. There's uh, Angela Cross from Going Commando. That's right. And well, I thought the girl from... Uh... Maybe I'm just misremembering. I thought the girl from the the one with the booty pun in it. I don't remember what that one's called. No, that's, that's she's just she's a human. Oh, yeah. wait, a human? <laughs> she's just really weirdly shaped for a human. <laughs> that also raises some concerns about how large Ratchet is. Well, I did. I I saw on a Google list. It was like the weirdest facts about video games. Um, and this isn't accurate, but it said <laughs> Ratchet was six feet tall, <laughs> which, one, oh my god, and two, implies that Captain Quark is like, it's like 14 feet tall. <laughs> I guess we should talk a little bit about Rift Apart, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's taking advantage of that SSD. They mentioned in one of their videos that uh, when you switch dimensions, they're not just loading, like, small battle arenas. They load the entire level, which just seems like a waste. <laughs> like, I get that you have the SSD and you can do it, but, like, do you have to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, uh, it's like all these developers that are just like, wow, the vibrations on these new uh, DualSense controllers is insane. Let's make it vibrate as much as physically possible. They did mention some really cool stuff, actually, with the guns taking advantage of adaptive triggers. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the examples they gave was whatever the new pistol is called. I don't know what the weapons are called off the top of my head. The combustor? Yeah, I don't think it's the combustor again. I think mm -hmm. it's something new. But uh, it, it has... Every gun has like alternate fire modes, essentially. Mm -hmm. So if you press it down like halfway with the the combustor or whatever its equivalent is it'll just fire one shot and if you pull it down all the way it'll fire like a a, a set of shots like three or four hmm. and if you hold it i guess it probably just continues shooting yeah. uh but a, another really cool one was with the the new shotgun if you pull it's a it's a double barrel shotgun so if you pull the trigger down halfway it fires one barrel and if you pull it down all the way it fires both yeah and, and I would love to see that kind of thing in more games. That's really cool. Getting yeah. More control over your weapons and how you use them. 
Yeah. I I really love the DualSense controller. I don't have a PS5 of my own yet. Um, I blame a lot of other parties for that. <laughs> um, but I've played enough of Jackson's and Jason's to like really get a feel for the controller. And I think it is probably my favorite like improvement from the PS4 is the controller. And only first-party games, or exclusives at least, really seem to be making the most of that. But the games that do really embrace the DualSense can do some really cool stuff with it. I've played a tiny smidge of Returnal, and it just feels so cool because both triggers have, like, a lock in the middle for, like, focus fire versus alt fire, or single shot versus uh, full auto. And it's like, it just feels so distinctly different that it's, it adds a whole new level to games, and you really haven't seen that with a lot of games yet. But I think now that we have more exclusives coming real soon, I think it's going to... I think that the DualSense is really going to show what it can do soon. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll see some more inventive uses of it. As cool as I said, like, what they're doing with Ratchet & Clank and the stuff in Returnal is, I would like to see... I would like to see it used for more than just uh, essentially another set of buttons up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. I, I I just like to see the the way that they use it be a little bit more inventive than just extra buttons. I and that's really all I've seen so far. Yeah. Well, one I'm interested in is I'm sure that Horizon Forbidden West will do some cool stuff with it. Um, I I just feel like firing a bow in that game is going to be kind of insane because they've already said it's going to have. Like, the tension of the trigger itself will be different based on the different type of bow and how long you want to draw it, and that will affect damage in turn. So, like, I think there's a lot of cool stuff they can do that affects gunplay and things like that, but I also want them to go a little crazier with it. But that's enough about PS5 controllers. Not enough about Ratchet & Clank, but what can you do? Next up, Invincible, new superhero series. Just picked up for two more seasons, even though it just finished its first season a couple days ago. Uh, this is really making some waves for superhero media in general. I think it is sort of setting a path for not only its own future, but also other potential superhero properties that aren't about super-established Marvel or DC characters. And I'm really excited about what that means. And everything I've seen of this show has me real hopeful that this is going to be one that has a lot lot of meat on it. <laughs> the first season's been really unsteady in terms of uh, some episodes are really good and some episodes are just kind of all right. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping in these, these next two seasons they can kind of get the pace together a little bit more and actually make it a good show throughout, <laughs> not just have episodes in the middle where you feel like you're just kind of forced to sit through it to get back to the good stuff. It's worth mentioning, the only reason this one got picked up is probably because uh, it's based on a Rob Kirkman comic book. They probably saw how well uh, The Walking Dead did, and they were like... Whatever, he says. <laughs> Which, like, I don't love The Walking Dead, but, like, they have a point. <laughs> like, the dude sells. <laughs> like, whatever he makes tends to tends to bring along some pretty hardcore fans with it. So, more power to him. I, I expect... At least pretty good things are <laughs> invincible. <laughs> the show's really good. The cast is really good. 
Anything that has J.K. Simmons in it has my vote. If you haven't watched it yet, make sure to check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Now, next up, America's uncle, Jeff Goldblum, and America's favorite tabletop RPG, Dungeons & Dragons. They don't sound like they go together, but let me tell you, they will for one season of one actual play podcast. Yeah, it looks like uh, he's playing an elven sorcerer named Balmer on the D&D podcast Dark Dice. Which, for those who are unfamiliar, Dark Dice is one of the most popular actual play podcasts, which is a whole genre that I did not know existed more than like two years ago. Um, And it's one of the most consistent, not just a joke, actual play podcasts, uh, because this is a very... This is a very bloated genre, but most of them are kind of wacky and off the wall. And this one's a lot more grounded, but it still has a big sense of mystery and mystique to it. And I think that Jeff Goldblum is the perfect fit to join that cast. And like, I I definitely plan to check this out, but I just, I need to know what happened in Jeff Goldblum's life where he decided to be on a D&D podcast. Has he done any voice work recently? Maybe he just had a lot of fun, and he was like, "Oh, this is way easier than actual acting." I don't mean to. I don't mean to talk down on voice actors. No, no, of course not. Yeah, I, I, I get it. It's a lot, a lot of work, and it yeah. definitely requires a different skill set than normal acting. But yeah, absolutely. It's just a different job. It's not that it's like easier or harder or anything. It's just it's a different job than like you know acting on camera. But regardless, it's just it's a weird transition, you know. Like I think he's perfect for it. I want to play D&D with Jeff Goldblum, but I just, I don't, I don't, I want to know the motivation. <laughs> Every time he drops the dice, he explains chaos theory, just <laughs> like in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Each episode is going to be ten times longer than <laughs> season one episodes, just because he is going to have to explain it in full, in detail, every yeah. time. They, they do have a picture of him, and his character is just... He, he yep. is just Jeff Goldblum with ears. Weird ears. Elfin ears. Well, that puts us on to our last headline. The movie Vivo, starring Lin-Manuel Miranda, written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and music by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Alex Lacamoire, has now been moved from its June 3rd theatrical release to Netflix, which is perfect because now I will watch it. <laughs> I'm still a little nervous. It's by the same... It's directed by the same person that directed The Crudes. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird jump. <laughs> uh, but, you know, honestly, I'll watch anything Lin-Manuel Miranda puts out. Oh, absolutely. I think he is the genuinely most talented person in the industry. The music and stuff he did for Moana was great. Yeah. Yeah, really looking forward to this one. But again, it's it's a movie I probably would not have seen if it was only in theaters. I would have seen it, like, you know, way after when it was on streaming of whatever kind. But now we get it first and foremost. They have not put a release date on it yet, but I fully suspect that this will be one of the year's biggest animated hits for sure. And I have a lot of faith in Lin-Manuel Miranda's music, at least. So I'm sure we're going to get some absolute bangers off that soundtrack. I'll be honest, I didn't even know this project was a thing until I saw that it moved from Sony to Netflix. Yeah, me too, actually. (laughs) I mean, I'm excited for it. 
Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. honestly really surprised it's not a Disney project. I thought that he was working pretty closely with Disney recently. Yeah. Well, and and I originally thought that In the Heights was a Disney Plus movie, but it's it's on HBO Max now, so maybe their relationship just extended through finishing up whatever the last Pixar movie he did was. Lynn refuses to be tied down to any one company. <laughs> Good for him. He works wherever wherever needs him most. And clearly HBO is having a rough time. I mean, they released <laughs> yeah. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> he goes he goes wherever the wind takes him. And by wind we do mean money. <laughs> but like good for him. Well, that just about covers it for our new podcast. Uh, I've already forgotten the title of <laughs> the two the two brothers on the, a podcast podcast. <laughs> the two brothers on a on a podcast. Uh, otherwise known as my brother and me. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you been up to these last this la- these last seven days specifically? Well, you know me. I'm always grinding. <laughs> uh, like I mentioned, I've been playing Call of Duty <laughs> with Abby. Uh, it's been, it's been nice. We uh, we only fight when I say something stupid afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's honestly been a lot of fun. I've never really been into the Call of Duty games too much. I, I played. The first two Modern Warfare games, and I played Black Ops. Uh, but other than that, I kind of dropped out of the series. But I, I've honestly had quite a bit of fun playing it with her. Um, other than that, I've still been playing a little bit of uh, Nier Automata. Automata. I, I'll learn how to pronounce it one day, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll still say it wrong. I, I finally picked up Persona 5 Strikers, and I played it for an hour, and then I was like, I can't stand this tutorial. <laughs> Yeah, I made it about eight hours in and haven't touched it since. <laughs> it's probably one of the worst tutorials I've ever played. It yeah. just, it feels like it's holding my hand even more than the actual RPG did. Yeah. Because at least like the RPG, it, at least with Persona 5, they pretended that you could do whatever you wanted sometimes, even right. if you could only do one thing. Like, this, it's very on rails. There's no like exploring. It, it's It's a little annoying. And, like, the first mission, it doesn't even let you explore. It just, like, forces you to go straight from point A to point B. Which is really annoying, because you can even see a collectible in one of the uh, cutscenes, and it just doesn't let you go back to get it. Yeah. Infuriating. It's it's a bummer, too, because, like, I see... Like, there are good bones under this game. It's a good combat system. It's a good story premise. I love the characters. You know, I'm thrilled to have more of the Phantom Thieves. But it just... It's it's like it it feels like it doesn't want me to play it. It's I don't I don't know I don't. I'm sure it'll be better after the tutorial. Yeah. I just yeah. don't know if I'm gonna sit through until the tutorial ends. Yeah. At least not right. Which now. is weird because it's made by the same people that made Hyrule Warriors. Which I mean, it had quite a bit of tutorial too, but it didn't feel this handholdy. And maybe it's this is just worse because of the cutscenes, how long they can be. They tried to kind of maintain the same style of cutscenes that Persona 5 had. Combat's fun, though. Hope to get <laughs> yeah. back into that one day. <laughs> yeah. Hope to actually do some of that. How about you? What have you been up to? Well, first I'll talk about uh, Genshin Impact. It's I played it at release. Didn't really jive with it. It didn't run super well on PS4, and I didn't really give it a shot on other consoles. 
But this week, I had some downtime. I was waiting on something else to finish downloading. So I gave it a shot on PC and was pretty much hooked right away. It is extremely fun. It looks great, plays great, really cool world, lots of stuff to explore and do. It is a gotcha game. It's free to play. So those are, eh, they're not great. They're not, they definitely take away from the game some, but it's a lot of fun and has like some pretty good Breath of the Wild vibes to the point where it feels a little plagiaristic at that points, but for the most part, it, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I like it a lot. Definitely check it out, especially if you're looking for a new game but don't want to, you know, shell out the money for a new game. Um, highly recommend it on PC, but it it actually runs extremely well on console or on uh, mobile, which is really blowing my mind that it it is as good as it is on my phone, which is a three year old iPhone that you know, the, like it's it's the phone is older than this game. But the game still runs perfectly on it, which is which is cool. Not not something I was expecting at all. The bigger thing I have been into this week was pretty much the last game I expected to enjoy as much as I did. Resident Evil Seven is awesome. <laughs> I played through all of it in the last week, which isn't saying much. It's a short game, but it is so good. the The world and the environment are so perfectly done. Your progression in terms of learning the game and how your character actually gets better and gets new tools is extremely cool. That was a really weird noise outside. <laughs> Dang it, it's because I'm talking about Resident Evil. Um, You're going to get murdered by uh, an old man. Yeah. Um, with a rake. <laughs> yeah. But, uh,. Yeah, I've never really played the Resident Evil series, but I knew 8 was coming out, and I figured at least one of us needed to play it to talk about it in the podcast, so I figured I would give 7 an honest shot before that point, and was just blown away by it. Like, it is so good, and I think it it leans so far into the horror property side of the game that it feels like a movie, but never takes away control. Like, it's never never feels on rails or that you're pushing to these horror set pieces, but still has those really cool horror set pieces. It's, yeah, it's just, it's so good. And I totally get why people were as blown away as they were. I, I regret not giving it more of a shot at release, but yeah, that one's a lot of fun. And if you're lucky enough to have a PS5 or someone that you can sign into the PS5 of, you can download it from the PlayStation Plus collection for free. So definitely check that Don't one out. Don't tell PlayStation though. <laughs> Yeah. Keep keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of uh, logging into things, you need to get back into Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I really want someone to play it with. <laughs> I've been having a lot of fun playing it by myself, but uh, I also don't feel like I can do the raids and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Just because I would have to play with complete strangers, and they're mean. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm bad at doing my job. <laughs> And they're like, you're bad at doing your job. And it's like, I know, but you can't tell me that. I don't know you. <laughs> that reminds me of my favorite experience I have had with playing video games online. I really didn't play any online video games at all until Destiny came out in like 2013, 2014, whatever. So around that same time, I got into the game Helldivers because it was free with PlayStation Plus. So... 
I played a good bit of it single player, but there was certain content that I think was either locked to multiplayer or at the very least was just really difficult to other people. So I jumped into like a random lobby. I joined a match in progress, didn't realize that friendly fire is a thing, <laughs> killed my entire team. They started yelling at me, and I turned the game off and never played it again. So, so from their perspective, I showed up, killed all of them, and then left without saying a word. That just sounds like the average Helldivers player. That's why uh, Rainbow Six Siege honestly has some of the best anti-friendly fire stuff I've ever seen. Um, If you kill too many of your teammates, it just reverses it. So if you shoot a teammate... You take the damage instead. Nice. Video games need to better guard themselves against people like me. (laughs) Well, everyone, I know this has been not the most normal episode of Totally Biased Media Podcast, but we appreciate you listening nonetheless. We really hope you reach out. You can find us at TBMcast on Twitter, at Totally Biased Media on Instagram, or send us an email to totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. Uh, give us your thoughts on, you know, recent games you've played or movies you've watched or what you're excited about or what we should talk about. Or if you strongly dislike everything that we do, tell us that and we will we will try and do better or at the very least we'll try and get more information and then disregard it. <laughs> and yeah, just drop us a line. We appreciate you listening, you know. Let us know what we can do to serve you better. Would we be better without Jackson? With a second Jackson? <laughs> it's really up to you. Yeah. We can't get a second Jackson. I, if that's what you think would make the podcast better, I've got some bad news. 100% more Jackson. <laughs> well. Uh, but, of course, he should be back next week where we'll talk about Pokemon Snap new Pokemon Snap, and Returnal. So, I am Jordan Walkup. And I'm Jason Simmons. And you just felt the bias. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. It's alright.